You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little post-game analysis. Um, you know, I had the opportunity today to go through my post-game analysis, and I just thought, you know what? Let me bring you to the let me bring to the pod um, my entire uh, post-game analysis strategy, as well as some ideas I've gotten from other great volleyball minds around the world. So, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 175 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Hope you guys are doing well. For my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And to my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal every week is to deliver value tangible step-by-step strategies that you can take back to your gym and apply right away and I hope to do that for you today as well. Now if you are listening to this um, before October what 30th of 2023 uh, you may have heard I'm hosting a free workshop. I have two more free workshops to finish off 2023. One is my offensive training and the second one is my efficiency training. So I got two um, it's a great time to finish off 2023, uh, with a bang and I'm going to do two. So I got one this month and I got one coming at the end of next month. And uh, I hope you're, I hope you sign up. I hope you sign up. It's a free workshop. Um, I've had coaches in the past, you know, tell me that they've, uh, they've taken a ton away from it and I hope that, uh, you can too. And I know we have a, a lot of people already signed up, so super excited about that. And yeah, well, um, I'll see you on that live training three days to choose from. You know, you got the 27th, 28th, 29th of October, three days, pick one that works for you, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you in there. So let's talk today about post-game analysis. I was, I was looking through the, like, you know, past episodes, and I haven't, I, I've dived a little into some post-game analysis stuff, but I haven't really dived into um, everything that I do, like some of the strategies and takeaways that, that I, that I do when I do post-game analysis, and uh, I'm going to share with you kind of what I do, and show you what high level post game analysis kind of looks like and then what regular like not high level but just you know sometimes you don't need to do all this high level stuff you can just do basic post game analysis and that that's okay too so i'm going to walk you through a little bit about how we do that and you know my uh, like my my strategy so let's start with the basic the basic one is stats so post game everybody's going to want to know what the stat sheet shows because the stats tell you a little bit about the story of the volleyball game and then the next question is, well, what stats do you look at? Well, there's four of them that I really pay attention to because that dictates a lot of the match. So the first one, and, and this is not in any particular order, by the way, um, is how do we pass? So we want to, you want to pass above a 2.2. That's the goal. You want to pass above a 2.2. And just to give you a recap of what that means, um, you some some places use a four-point passing skill. Some places use a three-point passing skill. Uh, I'm a little old school. I still like the three-point passing skill a little bit. So I use three points. Uh, three is a perfect pass where all our hitting options are available to us, meaning the setter can set all four hitters. A two pass is a is a good pass, not a perfect pass, a good pass. You know, it's off the net a little bit. Um, the setter still has options, but maybe not all four. A one is a bad pass, like one hitting option, 
probably a free ball going over um, or an out-of-system ball for sure, like something like that. And then a zero is, is, a, is a straight error, like a serve-receive error. So so you want to, you know, a 2.2 is a good indication that your team was in system, meaning you had majority of your hitting options available to you. So we definitely look at how did we pass. Then we look at how did we hit? Um, how did we convert? You know, did we, or was our hitting percentage pretty well? You know, for my, for middles, uh, I've heard a lot, um, you know, coach Wayne at, at Humber, he, he likes to go 0.4, like 40% for middles and 30% for pins. Um, I'm around that as well. I, I'm about 35%. I like to see my pins 35% and, and middles 40% hitting percentage. Um, and the other thing too, is I looked at like, in addition to how did they hit, like how many attempts did they have? Yeah. You know, I want to see like, what is the set distribution? Cause that tells me too, if my left side is getting 50 attempts and my middle is getting five attempts, well then my middle, of course my middle's hitting percentage is going to be different cause they're not getting involved as much. And the question is why were we not passing in system for them to get involved? Well, if I pass the 2.2, that means we were. So you want, I want to look at my attempts to see. How was my setter distributing the offense appropriately? Was it effective? Were they hitting the right players at the right times? You know, so you want to just look at your, your set distribution, and that's and that's how you, you see your set distribution is based on the attempts. Okay, um, so that hitting percentage kind of ties in like the set distribution as well as how did my hitters uh, perform? Um, and then we look at side out percentage. Side out percentage based on rotation. I want to know what my weakest rotation was. What is my weakest rotation? And by the way, here, here a little subtle uh, hint or tip. Normally, rotation four is every team's weakest rotation. Normally, okay? So rotation four is when the setter is in position four. When the setter is in position four, normally that you, you find that's that's team's weakest rotations. Uh, so we, we always try to put an emphasis on rotation four anytime we're, we're in practice because that's, you know, it's always one of those things that, you know, you, know, you always want to get out of it and you want to get out of it with confidence. And then the fourth one is serving. How well, did, how many errors did we get? And uh, how, how much aces did we get? How effective were we? You know, what was our in percentage? So those are the four. So how did you pass? How did you hit? And by looking at the hitting percentage, you could also see the set distribution from that hitting percentage because uh, you'll see the attempts. What was our side out by rotation? And then what was our serving? How did we serve? And, you know, interesting. So, you know, co Coach uh Karch Karai, you guys know a famous Karch in U.S. Uh, U.S. Women's National Team coach. Um, he has this 20-80 rule, and it's an interesting rule. Basically, he says that if you don't miss 20% of your serves, you're serving too easy. Man, that's interesting because that's like 20%. That's five points a set. You know, that's 15 points in a 3-0 match if you think about it. So five points a set, and he said that if you're at, at the higher level, and at lower level, you know, you might, be, again, if a team can't pass, then you just got to serve it to them and they make the mistake. But if you're playing at the higher level and teams have the ability to pass, then if you get it, just a, if you just get it over, they're going to score on you and they're going to run an offense down your throat. So you got to be able to serve tough and you got to serve in. Now, 20% is, is what is, is the, is like, that's what you can miss. 30%, no, no, you can't be obviously going higher than that because then you're just giving away uh, points to the other team. Like at, at a 20% at a error rate on serve, we're assuming that, you know, you got one in, you got two in, and then you made an error. You know what I mean? Like you 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 were serving tough. You took them out of system a few times and then you made an error. So it's not like you're just getting errors and you're not getting out of system uh, 
points, you're not getting aces and things like that. So keep you know keep keep that in mind. Okay, so we look at stats, and and that the stats will tell probably half the story. Um, and and then at practice now, if I notice that my side out percentage based on rotation four was the worst, we may put an emphasis on rotation four at practice. Okay, if I notice that a player had a lot of weakness hitting, I, I, I want to investigate that a little more. And I want to find out why. And there is where we enter the world of film. You can't do a post-game analysis without looking at film. Now, I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say this, but I highly encourage all of you coaches to invest in some kind of film software out in the world. I did an episode not too long ago on a lot of film softwares that are out there, and I think I worked it out to like, an extra at what 50 bucks a player or, or whatever it was, but something it, it's it is a hundred percent worth investing in because you need to have film soft like film software will take your player development to an entirely different level. And of course, if it's still out of your budget, there is always YouTube um, and you can just upload it to an unlisted file in YouTube and your athletes can watch it there. And YouTube, I don't remember the shortcut for it, I think it's L where you can fast forward by 10 seconds. So you're avoiding the, any kind of downtime where you're like rolling the ball back and to waiting for the server to serve, initiating serve by the referee, things like that. 10 seconds I find to be a little too long. I wish YouTube had a five second option. Um, that'd be more appropriate, but other most other places have a five second, uh, five second fast forward option. Just goes by five seconds. So you look at film. Now, what I like to do when I look at film is I like to sit back and I like to get a feel for the game. Like I want to, I, I was in the game in the moments and I get it. And I also, I want to get a feel for the game. So I look back and I watch and I see how did we score? How did they score? Okay. And I, and, I, and if, if something's not standing out, I'm just watching, I'm watching. And what I like to do is the minute something goes wrong, like I feel it, the other team goes on a run. I say, okay, I rewind it back and I see, and I, and I, and I map out, okay, the score was, like if I see them go on a run, I, I go back to when the run started. The score was 15-15. You know, we commit a hitting error, 16-15. They they served us, they got an ace, 17-15. And I and I and I do the play by play for each point to see exactly how they went on that run. And 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 volleyball is a game of runs. You, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity. There's gonna be a lot of times where where teams go on runs, especially there'll be multiple times where teams go on runs in a match. So what I like to do is I like to track those runs over the course of the entire match. Like set one, if they made a run, I, I write I write the play-by-play -play for that run. So I like to write the play-by-play -play for all the runs, and I want to see if there are any patterns in those runs. And what you're going to find is there are. Normally, it's a rotation that you couldn't get out of, okay? So that's normally the first thing. Sometimes it could be one player in certain moments committed those errors, and that's when they went on the run. And that's something you can pick up really easily on film. And you, you gotta, you, you start seeing things and noticing things that you may, you would have never noticed if you didn't watch film. And sometimes the stats don't tell you it. Like the stats will tell you the overall summary of the match. It could also break it down by set. But sometimes you gotta see where the momentum, stats won't tell you where the momentum shifted. You know, stats won't tell you um, why a player hit out. And you, you can only dissect that when you break it down and go to the play-by-play -play and see how they went on that run. See what happens, okay? So I look and I get a feel for the game. I, I want to see the runs and I make a note of all those runs, all right? Then one other thing I like to do too is I like to look at body language. 
stats don't tell you body language. How did your players react when they went on the run? Was there arguing? Was there tension? How were their facial expressions? Did they lose confidence in themselves? Was was there anyone blaming anyone for the mistake? Like, you know, I look and see how the body language and behaviors on the court are. And I want to see if there are moments where we can improve and make sure and, and point it out to the players, by the way, so that they are aware of that. Also in the game too, this is a really good habit I, I started getting to the I started getting into, but Sometimes the game games happen so fast and you think you're going to remember something you don't. So the minute something happened in a game that I want to address or I want to remember, I'll tell my assistant coach, hey, set to 2020, like 2020, I want to remember this moment. Um, I don't know, Peter hit out. Why? Like, you know, I'll make a quick note so I can go back and watch the film and show him or her what I wanted to talk about. So that's kind of why it's a really good habit to get into, have someone on the bench or yourself, even if you remember something, just write it down really fast, like just what the score was. So you can go back and watch it during film. Okay. So I look at body language. I also, by the way, now that I'm on the topic of body language, I also look at body language of myself. One of, one of the things that I've, I think I've gotten a lot better at is, is intentional emotion. You know, in my younger years, when something went wrong, I would like be so, I'd be so mad. And then my players could see that I'm really mad. And it, it just, it didn't really positively affect the game. Like being mad is one thing. Like obviously you, you're allowed, you're allowed to be frustrated, but it, it, it becomes a problem when it is, it is seen as a negative. It's not, it's not really motivating the players. It's, it's, it's only bringing them down and you gotta be very careful. There's a, there's a fine line between that, that type of frustration and, and emotional um, delivery to your players. So just be mindful of that. So what I do is, you know, if my, if like, for example, when my player misses a serve, I know they feel like crap for missing a serve. Me throwing my hands in the air, rolling my eyes is not going to help. So when my players miss a serve, because I'm normally right by them on the sideline or if they're on the other side, I just give them a high five and move on. Hey, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get the next one. Like that, that's, I'm instilling confidence in them because that's what you that's the only thing you can do at that point they didn't try to miss the serve you know what i mean so it's something i've gotten a lot better at and it's something i encourage you guys to try as well like i i it's so frustrating you're emotionally invested in the game and you want to win obviously but there's only so like there's only so much you can do to uh to let your emotions get the better of you you want to minimize it as much as possible now there is a time and a place for your emotions to get out sure during a timeout if you're playing really poorly and you want to instill that kind of fight in your guys yeah you can let your emotions out just don't bring them down don't criticize them encourage you know make them make them make them want to play so yeah there you know that, that that's what it is I, I notice what the other team does i notice what we do i know I, I look at body language and things like that um you know another thing too like if you're if you're in a, a league like tournaments are different you have time in between tournaments to, to spend a lot of time on post game and and future games and things like that but if you're in a league like you you got games you know like two to three games a week potentially so when you do post game analysis you got to do it quickly you got to get the points out and you got to move on so it's kind of like you got to forget and move on so you know for example we played saturday monday I'm going to deliver my post-game analysis to the players and we're going to have a practice on it. But then after that, we got to move on because we have a game on Wednesday and we have to game plan and match prep for that game. So there's only so much time we have in a season to really uh, like dial into post-game. The, the athletes, you got to expect the athletes have to do this on their own and they have to they have to want to do it on their own. You, you, they can't just not look at film. It's, 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 it's part of the... It's part of the process, you know what I mean? Like they have to do it. 
So, uh, and again, I don't want to sound like a broken record when I say when I talk about software, but if you have the software to break down your film, you can go and isolate players and look and see where they made the mistakes, what happened, and and go from there. It makes your life so much easier when you do that. Okay. In addition to post game analysis, what I'll do too, and and again, you got to forget, you got to forget too, but you also want to make sure that you get the points across. So when I do post-game analysis, instead of taking up practice time and film time with a team, when I notice something like those runs or when I notice a player was doing something, I'll just literally take a like, film with it on my phone. Like I'll put my phone to the screen, film it, and send my player a quick note on, hey, this is what I noticed. Hey, this is what happened. Um, just you know, be aware of this. So that way, I don't have to waste time during like a team film session to, to look at to talk about one player i can use that time to talk about us as a whole which is going to take a lot less time than if i was to go into each player by player by player now yes does it take time to do this sure it does it absolutely does you might not be able to get to every player but at least get the players that you need to get to that you know either contributed to the loss or could use the improvement right now for the next game that it's it's it's, it's a must they need to see this uh, and then and then move go on from there you have to prioritize your time and obviously your time is valuable. So you have to prioritize who you're going to be focusing on and what you notice. Cause you know, I notice a ton of things during film, but I got to prioritize what I send and, and, and make sure that I'm being, you know, mindful of that. So that's another strategy that I think is really, really good. It's really, and it, you know what the players value it too, because it shows them that you care and it shows them that you, you know, you just, you're, you're looking out for them, you know, I, like after our, our loss on Saturday, we lost, by the way, our home opener, huh, 15-13, fifth set. It's unfortunate. You know what's even more crazy? This is kind of off topic now, but we, and and no, like we played Canada, fantastic team, okay? Great team, great coach, great. They, they're, they're competitors. They compete to the nth degree. It's like they, and, and here's why. And it's funny, during our, our pregame on the scouting report, one of the highlighted points was it doesn't matter what the score is. These guys are going to grind it out until the, until the set is finished, until the game's finished. No lead is safe with these guys. And it was one of our key points because I know the culture over there, they grind it out. We were up in every single set, not by a couple points, by four, five, even six points at some some cases. And we end up losing in the fifth set. And the irony in all this is when I did my play-by-play for the runs, this team, every set that they won, they finished off the set on a run. So it wasn't like back and forth, back and forth, win by two. It's, it was, you know, 23-21, they went on a 4-1 to finish 25-23. You know, they went on a 5-1 run to finish a set. Like they went on runs at the end to finish that. And we had the lead for two thirds of the set. We controlled the tempo of the set. We controlled everything. But that's what, that's the thing about volleyball that you got to love. It doesn't matter. It, one player, you know, it takes, it can't take over a game to an extent. It takes an entire team effort to really get that win. And if you have one player that's a liability on the floor, it's so easy for that player to be exploited. It's really, really easy. So, you know, that's something to think about uh, and something just to, to be aware of that you, you got to, man, what a lesson for my guys. And, I, and it's funny because we, we talked about it during pregame. We said, listen, these guys are, they're well coached. They work hard and they grind. It doesn't matter what the score is. They, they don't, they're not, they're not paying attention to that. They're trying to get the next point. And it, it was, it was a, it was a humbling home opener for us. You know, we lost 15, 13 in the, in the fifth set. 
and there you go. It is what it is. So we're going to go back and try to get a, a win against uh, on, on our Wednesday game, and we'll grow from this and move on. But, you know, it's a it's a learning process, and I know the team was disappointed, but at the same time, it's it's nice to have this happen now instead of at the end of the season or midway through the season so we can, you know, not go back to the drawing board, but we can build from this and get better. Um, so yeah, so that's those are those are pretty much the main. I guess this is a kind of a shorter episode today, but those are the main things for the post game analysis. Uh, am I forgetting anything? I feel like I am, but okay, let me do a recap, and it might come to me. So let's let's talk stats. So we look at the stats. That's the first thing we go by. And what am I looking for? I'm looking at passing stats. How do we pass? How did we hit? And in that stat of how do we hit, I look at the attempts, which will tell me the set distribution. How is the setter distributing the ball? I look at side out percentage based on rotation. I want to know what my weakest rotation was siding out. Um, and then I look at my serving, like how how well did we serve? Okay. The, you know, the the coach, the the Karch rule here, um, the uh, 2080 rule, the 2080 rule. So you want to miss 20% of your serves. If not, you're serving too easy. But obviously you can't be missing like 30% of them. You want to serve tough. You want to serve tough at the higher level. We talked about this at the higher level. You serve easy. They're going to run it down your throat and score. At the younger age group, you might get away with it because if a team can't pass, then just get it over, to be honest. If a team is really bad at passing, just get it over. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then after that, we look at film. You know, we look at film, see, get a feel for the game. All right, second time you're going to be part of it, get a feel for the game. What went well, what didn't go well, what didn't go well. Feel the run, when, when a run happened, why did it happen? Do the play-by-play, -play. see exactly why that run happened so you can address it and fix it. Um, in terms of, um, let's see, yeah, the play-by-play the -play is really good. Oh, you know, the other, I can't have, see, now it's coming to me. Like, also, too, when you look at your post-game stuff, you know, figure out, like, was there... Uh, was there opportunities where you could have scored it you didn't and see why like look at your hitters like why is your why, like how were your hitters making play what were they thinking were they swinging off hands were they making the right decisions you know like look at your hitters and see what look and try to see what they saw and this it's good for conversation with them too like were they making the right shots and then how effective were those shots so you're looking at the hitters and like i mentioned before i send video to my players if, if i can if i notice something and i'll and that way it's, it's right away gets sent to them and I don't. I can address it outside of taking up more time from film sessions and practice. Um, I talked about the fact that on the bench, uh, I am making sure that if I, if anything happens during the game, I tell my assistant coach, "Hey, the score is twenty twenty in the second set. Make a note of this, so I can go back and watch it on film and I can address it if I need to address it with the team." Um, I look at body language. You know, body language is contagious. How are my guys? How are they looking? How are they feeling? how are their facial expressions is one turning on another are they arguing you know like are they competing you know how, how, what's going on on there so I, I really really look at body language to make sure that they're they're all on the same page um again software guys i highly recommend you getting software uh you know you got your huddles your vid swap your volumetrics you got quick quick cut i think is one uh, there's, there's a ton of them look into that okay um uh, what I like to do too is, I don't know if I mentioned this, but coaches breaking into groups of athletes. So I take setters, coach Robert takes middles, coach Eric and Tom split pins and libs. So I, I have my coaches split uh, split up and take players in groups and then really get a chance to just dial in and isolate with, with their feedback and their post game and things like that. It just, it's, it's more productive and it, it helps, uh, helps get, you know, improve that much, that much faster. 
I think that's it. I don't. I think that's pretty much a a, a good post game analysis. Um, and, and when you look at film a second time around, if anything pops out, you'll see it and you'll notice it. And, and maybe the last thing I'd say is, is: Did we follow the game plan? Like, did my setter follow the game plan? Did we execute what we were, what we were supposed to execute? And you could probably see that during the game. But um, what I also like to see too is: I see it's coming to me. What I like to see too is: Did we execute our game plan? And then what was their defense doing? Like, for example, was their middle blocker? Uh, committing to our middle, were they releasing early? Like I like I get to see a second time. Like what was did they like what was really happening? Because in game sometimes it's really hard to pay attention to all this stuff. So I'm always asking my middles, hey, are you are they committing to you? Are they committing to you? And they have to t- let me know because it's really important that your middles understand that if their middle blocker is committing or if they're staying neutral or if they're fronting, so that we can run an offense accordingly. So things like that. Okay, that's it for me. I hope I see you guys on uh, the workshop. Sign up for the workshop. Get there. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to learn a lot, I promise. Okay? Um, And if you ever want to, if you need anything, reach out to me. Instagram, BrianSing underscore CoachB. That's my Instagram handle. Hit me up if you have any questions um, and if you have any questions about the workshop, et cetera. All right. That's it for me. I will see you guys next week week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.